Welcome to Sierra Week Conversations, a new video and podcast series bringing you insights with impact into energy, economics, and a changing world in the COVID-19 era. I'm your host, Dan Jurgen. Hello, this is Carlos Pasquale, and welcome to Sierra Week Conversations presented by IHS Market. This has been an exclusive series that has given us a chance to talk with leaders in energy and public policy and technology and finance, people who are at the center of energy transition. And today we have an opportunity to speak with someone who has been the center point of Egypt's energy transformation, the Minister of Petroleum and Mineral Resources, Tarek Amala. Mr. Minister, what a pleasure to have you. Thank you for joining us. The pleasure is mine. Thank you very much. Thank you, Carlos, today in this uh, important uh, conversation uh, during the Sarah Week. Uh, it's a pleasure always to be with you. Thank you. Excellent, Minister. The Minister and I would like to take you through a conversation today that starts with a topic of gas, its discoveries in Egypt, its impact in Egypt, but also its geopolitical implications, and then look ahead to the future on questions related to climate change and continued transformation. But Minister, let's start with one of the really tough questions affecting the energy sector today. We've had the pandemic, the collapse of oil prices because of the oil price war. We have the challenge of energy transition. And in the midst of this change, how do you embrace it and still prosper? Well, uh, thank you for this important question. And uh, really, uh, we have to start by saying that uh, uh, this pandemic uh, has really infected and really uh, affected the global uh, industry, uh, oil and gas industry. And I have to be just, uh, now we have been talking about this uh, pandemic for several months now globally, and uh, how countries were able to mitigate and to limit the uh, drawbacks and the effect uh, of uh, this uh, pandemic on the economy. So uh, we, uh, I have to tell you that uh, because we had had uh, in Egypt really the uh, proper uh, economic reforms few years back, starting from 2016, we were able really to uh, overcome and to be minimally affected by this pandemic on our economy and our industry in general. Uh, of course, the oil and gas uh, in Egypt as well is not out or not uh, far from that, and therefore, Part of that uh, uh, reform that we started in 2016 was uh, uh, how to secure energy, how to diversify, how to work with the, the subsidy uh, of the energy, because uh, we were heavily subsidizing uh, fuel and uh, electricity. So having had all this together with the reforms that we did also to our uh, contractual uh, 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 fiscal uh, terms with our partners, all this together has helped us to have and to ensure the proper business activities uh, not being interrupted and at the same time securing energy that is needed. Uh, therefore, um, the business, uh, uh, we had business continuity plans. Uh, there was no interruption to the fields. There was no interruption 
to the supplies. There was no interruption to the markets. And uh, uh, then also, not only that, uh, we were able to manage with our partners uh, uh, the IOCs operating in Egypt to uh, uh, continue operating uh, safely, uh, taking all the necessary measures uh, in order to avoid any uh, effects of the pandemic. So I think that we've been able to, to manage this crisis so far uh, uh, very professionally. Indeed, Minister, um, you, you mentioned the importance of working with your partners, um, with adjusting fiscal terms, and, and obviously it's having an impact. Even with the pandemic, you've managed to negotiate new concessions recently. Can you tell us more about them and who is investing? This is very important because uh, what happened is that uh, over the last few years, we were able to, to uh, manage uh, about new more uh, concession uh, agreements uh, with our partners, about 86 out of them. Uh, the 86, uh, uh, among which 12 were done only over the last year, I would say. But during the pandemic, we were able to uh, finalize the, uh, all the uh, necessary approvals uh, of uh, these 12 uh, recent uh, concession agreements with our partners, so we were able to get the competent authorities' approval, uh, legislation from the parliament, and the cabinet, and the state council, every uh, uh, body there, so that we were able to secure this uh, concession agreements of uh, uh, new uh, exploration acreage, and mostly uh, in, at the uh, offshore uh, of our Mediterranean uh, waters. And uh, we had uh, been able to have uh, super uh, uh, majors uh, like ExxonMobil, like Chevron, uh, together with our uh, original uh, partners like uh, Shell and BP and Total. And these are all together uh, being secured uh, this 12 uh, concession agreement with some other joint ventures uh, and some other partners that have uh, had uh, like uh, uh, some of the regional companies like Cooktake uh, and also uh, uh, some uh, like uh, Nobel Energy as well before being acquired by, uh, by Chevron. So we have a very uh, beautiful list of new partners and uh, existing partners uh, focusing more on the offshore, uh, uh, let me say, offshore exploration and production, hopefully, when they discover something. But nevertheless, uh, these uh, concessions and uh, arrangements um, are uh, a start and a beginning for a uh, new era because it comes when uh, we've been able to, uh, just uh, two weeks ago, to finalize uh, the, uh, the signing of our East Mediterranean gas force. So all together, these are all good news coming at the same uh, time. Indeed, Minister, you, you seem to have created in Egypt a, a real of energy companies, of energy investors, and that's creating its own dynamic. Uh, you mentioned earlier the importance of your energy reforms on subsidies, on the investment law, on currency policy. Can you tell us a bit more about the, the foundations for that energy reform and, and the kind of impact 
having, including the impact domestically? Firstly, what we needed to, uh, to look at is uh, part of, uh, of the reform. Uh, we needed to secure the, uh, the reliability of supply, number one. Number two, and this were done through whether uh, more of uh, signing of uh, agreements with the uh, IOCs to secure a pipeline of new projects in order to be able to develop uh, new uh, resources of gas and oil. So therefore, this is from one side. And to close the gap between the supply and demand, we also uh, needed to do some proper uh, plans for uh, imports of products, among which at the time we started to import LNG. So this is from one side. The other side was to start uh, uh, seeing how are uh, the, the pricing mechanism structures and what is the uh, subsidies doing uh, and uh, creating negatively impacts on, on the economy. Not only that, uh, not availing the proper uh, funds for uh, the welfare and the well-being of the people. I mean, education and uh, healthcare. So what happened is that uh, we started on a, a government plan to have this subsidy uh, uh, gradually reduced arriving to zero over a plan of uh, five years. And this went parallel uh, for fuels and electricity as well. This is from one side. From the other side, we, with this, uh, we were able to secure funds and uh, providing people with more uh, uh, safety nets programs in order to avail uh, uh, the necessary programs for the people who need really uh, uh, the help and the support from the government. While as previously, the people who had more cars were the people who were benefiting from the fuel subsidies and so forth. So this is from, from one direction. The other side was actually uh, putting the, uh, the correct price for the fuel had helped into uh, uh, saving and rationalization the consumption itself. Uh, this is uh, one, one, one other good side. Third, was some monetary policy through the central bank where part and initial uh, thing was the flotation of our Egyptian pound. So at the time, we, uh, they, 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 there was a fixed price for the uh, foreign exchange. But since November 2016, we, uh, the central bank started to do a real flotation. Meanwhile, we started to uh, have a program of reducing the uh, IOC's arrears, where at the time we had uh, accumulated $6.3 billion of non-paid invoices to our partners. Uh, through a program also of uh, four or five years, we, we managed to uh, reach only less than uh, $850 million, which is like a, a, a one-month uh, bill uh, amount. What happened is that this is from one side with a, a mega program for infrastructure uh, for the country in order to uh, uh, make sure that we are ready for investments to attract people, to attract investors uh, for that. So this makes so securing the power generation, uh, proper traffic uh, roads, uh, all what is needed in infrastructure, water, sewage, new uh, cities, and also we had um, amended 
the uh, investment law to encourage uh, more foreign direct investment. And I think that all this together with success stories, with good milestones over the last few, few years, with a very successful uh, IMF program that we had together, uh, this gave us really the uh, credibility and we have seen over the last few years that we were able to uh, uh, to attract, uh, uh, I mean, at least for oil and gas sector, more than uh, uh, 30 or, or plus billion dollars over the last uh, four years in, uh, uh, in in our projects in oil and gas sector. To the point where now we reach the uh, self-sufficiency in uh, gas production, and now we resume uh, even exports since uh, one and a half, two years ago. Uh, we have now gas regulators, so we have now an open market for gas, and uh, we had also a very important project for uh, refining the system as well, so uh, and infrastructure for piping uh, and ports and so forth. So I, I mean, that uh, we had developed a very ambitious uh, uh, reform program to our oil and gas industry with a good modernization program uh, that takes all uh, aspects into consideration, from uh, uh, digitalization, capacity building, and so forth. As you've put in place um, this massive transformation economically and commercially, I mean, it shows that it's had a direct impact and, and it's extraordinarily impressive. And at the same time, Minister, now there's another debate and discussion which has arisen, which has arisen, which is on the, the future of gas. And, and indeed, in some places, there's an argument that gas, because it is a hydrocarbon, has a limit on its role as a transition fuel. How do you see this issue and the role of gas in the international marketplace? So we see that the gas is really uh, still uh, a very important uh, transition energy, uh, fossil uh, fuel, let me say, and uh, uh, it is now adopted to most of the uh, advanced world and of course it needs to have uh, in transition uh, from the countries that were originally using let me say uh, coal uh, or fuel oil and uh, petroleum products to renewables so we need to have this uh, cleaner uh, fuel which is gas uh, de developing and discovering and developing more uh, more and more gas uh, and uh, uh, getting this gas to be uh, friendly, uh, usable uh, in all of our life uh, uh, needs, uh, whether it's at the household uh, connections uh, or our cooking or even um, like in CNG uh, uh, vehicles uh, or uh, in industry, of course, and with uh, liquefaction in order to export LNG. Uh, uh, cargoes to the market, I think that this is very important. At the same time, we as a country, we have adopted definitely all the uh, global and international and the Paris mandate for uh, the global warming. So we are adopting all, uh, all this together into our policies. And this is part of our energy uh, strategy 
So by the year 2022, we, have, we are committed to reach 20% uh, of our uh, primary energy to be uh, coming from renewable. And by the year 2035, this figure will reach 42% uh, of uh, renewable uh, energy coming, uh, uh, the, the, our primary energy coming from renewables. While at the same time, uh, uh, the balance would be uh, from gas. Uh, well, uh, this is uh, a, a very important uh, uh, step that we are taking, and uh, we are now uh, uh, pushing for uh, uh, more uh, usage of gas for, uh, as I say, whether industry or our day-to-day uh, -day, uh, supply uh, of uh, of gas to our uh, household, as I would say. And not only that, uh, we are even trying to get even into some studies for uh, hydrogen as we go all together for whatever it takes for green energy in general. So uh, I see still that uh, gas will remain for some time as a, uh, an important and uh, basic uh, uh, transformational uh, energy uh, resource. It's an imp impressive uh, presentation on the, the diversification that you're seeking to achieve domestically, Minister. I want to come back to that point, but one more question on the, on the role of gas internationally. We've seen the European uh, Union make a commitment to net zero emissions. Many other countries have moved in that direction. How are these changes affecting the marketing strategy for your resources? We are trying actually uh, to help in this uh, because I think that uh, uh, we are committed, as I was saying, uh, to, uh, uh, to reach uh, zero carbon and uh, what we are low carbon uh, business models in order to uh, minimize the carbon use definitely and uh, we are uh, really supporting all the uh, these policies uh, uh, to reach uh, uh, to reach uh, ultimately a clean uh, environment and uh, clean energy uh, uh, target let me say so uh, what we are doing together here and, and part of why we are having the uh, EMGF uh, is really uh, to do some uh, good business models among uh, the uh, not only the founding members but also the regional countries uh, to get uh, better usage of gas uh, in synergies uh, in order to uh, uh, maximize uh, the usage of such uh, uh, resource uh, that is still the cleanest burning hydrocarbon. And uh, I, I mean, it is only producing half the carbon dioxide. And uh, when we compare it to any other uh, uh, material like coal, um, it is uh, at least uh, one tenth uh, of the air pollution that is coming uh, if we compare it to coal. So therefore, we are uh, trying uh, through the marketing plans, as you rightly said, uh, to maximize ways of connectivity 
to uh, Europe, and this was part of the uh, MOUs, the strategic energy MOUs that we signed with the, the EU, uh, in order to make sure that we, as Eastern Mediterranean countries, um, be able to supply uh, this clean energy to Europe as an alternative resource for uh, for uh, for their diversity, uh, as Europe uh, uh, needs a lot of energy. So therefore, uh, we have and we use our LNG plants. Uh, we are having some connections uh, through pipelines, uh, through uh, neighboring countries, and so forth. So that uh, all the resource that is not only uh, for uh, uh, the Eastern Mediterranean countries, but could also be sent, uh, helping Europe uh, to mitigate the gaps that they have. So I think that uh, this all works together with uh, the world international uh, policies uh, for uh, green uh, and uh, low emissions. Uh, and uh, I think we are all aligned in that, uh, especially that, as I said, and we are uh, accelerating all development projects uh, with uh, regard to, to gas. Indeed, Minister. I, you mentioned the, the initials EMGF, the East Mediterranean Gas Forum, for everybody who may not have been aware of that. And we, we met first in that the context of Egypt's creation of the East Mediterranean Gas Forum. It was a huge geopolitical success to bring together these countries in the name of collaborating together around gas. And you've highlighted some of the important factors and the reasons why it's necessary to collaborate on demand. At, at this point, given the evolution of political situation, political situation in the region, the international market, how do you assess prospects going forward? Are you optimistic? Yeah, I think uh, I am really optimistic because uh, when, when when this uh, idea of creating this EMGF uh, was initiated by Egypt uh, like uh, two years ago, uh, I mean, uh, we wouldn't have uh, thought that uh, in less uh, uh, than 20 months we, will, we were able to really uh, finalize the, the charter of the statute and to sign it really from, uh, from these founding members, which are seven countries. And uh, when we talk about seven countries, and uh, you can see that they are diversified. So we have three European countries like, like Italy, uh, Cyprus, and Greece. And we have uh, three Asian countries like Israel uh, and uh, Jordan and Palestine. And we have one, which is Egypt, which is the uh, African-Asian country, I would say. And it's the middle. It's this combination of different uh, cultures and different uh, countries in um, one uh, objective to uh, uh, capitalize on their resource, whether they are producers or consumers or transit countries, in order to make sure that this would uh, uh, help their economies, they help their people uh, to collaborate together and not to compete, or only to integrate together uh, for uh, uh, optimizing uh, this resource, which is the gas. Meanwhile, uh, uh, so when I say in 20 months we were able to reach this, this means that these countries are really keen in having something together in order to make sure that uh, uh, we develop it. Not only that, we've been also uh, uh, approached by several countries uh, to get uh, with us, uh, whether on observership or on membership as well. And uh, I would say these are uh, 
major uh, super major countries. So I want to say that this also proves that this is uh, a good initiative, whereby uh, uh, what would prevail what would prevail is really the uh, the welfare and the well-being of uh, the countries. If we as, as countries in the region uh, align ourselves uh, and make sure that we will have uh, each of us piece of the cake and this will be uh, good for our people and for our economies and for the welfare and the well-being, I think that uh, uh, this forum will be the right place for that. We have also engaged uh, several uh, companies uh, which are there in the uh, gas industry uh, committee and these, uh, these companies or even institutes, uh, whether local or regional or internationally, they are all also engaged in all in, in in sharing uh, uh, ideas in order to have uh, uh, and to develop projects that uh, would uh, benefit these companies and these countries and uh, could uh, uh, have common uh, interests and goals as well. So uh, we can see the momentum and we can see that uh, we started already uh, to put in place uh, plans. We have projects already uh, in broad lines and uh, that have been identified. And in the coming few uh, months, I think that uh, we will uh, we will see uh, something material coming there. And uh, we, as a country, we started already uh, a few years back, as I was saying earlier, uh, the reform whereby we have now uh, prepared our market to be uh, a deregulated market for gas. And uh, of course, it is a transition, but at least we have had now a gas law, and we have now a, a gas regulator. And now the market is open for uh, independent and uh, private companies to come and join um, into this big opportunity. And why I'm saying this opportunity because companies and, uh, and players that will, will come uh, uh, to the region will not only work for and in uh, Egypt, let me say, but they will they will be uh, allowed and they will be and they will have the opportunity to uh, market themselves in the Eastern Mediterranean as well, because we have now a bigger platform. And uh, therefore, I saw uh, when I was uh, saying that uh, in spite of the uh, COVID-19, we were able to secure 12 new concession agreements. These were from big international IOCs, because they saw the opportunity coming, having uh, uh, the Eastern Mediterranean uh, platform for them. So uh, companies coming with, or existing would benefit uh, from their economies of scale, of having a proximity of these Eastern Mediterranean countries all together. Uh, uh, what's missing here could be complemented from there. What you can produce here, you can consume there, and so forth. And uh, I see that this is uh, a good initiative, a good uh, uh, forum uh, that, will, uh, that we will see in, in, in a couple of years or, uh, or less or more uh, a bigger forum that will have uh, more and more countries. Thank you, Minister, you, you've taken us through uh, the domestic progress you've made, the international engagement, the partnerships, the geopolitical implications. Maybe to close us out in this discussion, if you could just say a few words about the vision for the future. The Supreme Energy Council has a strategy through 2035. Can you just give us a few highlights of what you see as the future of energy in Egypt? We here in Egypt, we have uh, so far yet, and uh, uh, I'm 
and uh, my portfolio, for example, uh, I'm responsible for oil and gas and mineral resources, while I have uh, another colleague responsible for electricity and renewables, while together we have the Supreme Energy Council that also includes not only both of us, but several other related uh, entities and ministries. So we've developed a few years back a strategy to, uh, for sustainable energy, whereby we looked in the future up to 2035. And part of the strategy was to restructure the gas sector. And this is things that we've done, as I was explaining. Secondly, is to promote the energy efficiency and uh, combating of global, uh, global warming. And these are the things that we really are adopting. Meanwhile, uh, we needed to have this uh, energy system uh, adaptable, resilient, and efficient. And uh, uh, in order to make sure that we really avoid unsustainable energy uh, shortages, which we faced years ago. So uh, having said so, uh, we, we were able to, uh, to do a lot of, uh, of, of, of good steps towards uh, reaching the ultimate goal of the, of the strategy in 2035. Uh, but then at the same time, I can tell you that the, uh, some of the successes that we have uh, reached so far is that we are now contributing to the uh, GDP about 27%. And uh, our FDI is, is uh, we as oil and gas sector alone, uh, with, uh, and if we combine the energy, totally would be more than uh, 50% of the FDI. So uh, we are uh, still uh, uh, very uh, keen and uh, working on uh, attracting more investments. Uh, we want to still be the, uh, the go destination, as well as a lot of uh, activities that we are undergoing now in order to make sure that uh, our strategy is met. Uh, we have made uh, very good uh, arrangements with the EU and, uh, and the USA regarding the uh, strategic MOUs that we've signed for uh, uh, energy and for, with both uh, the US and the EU supporting us technically and financially for all uh, weather reforms or for over or restructure reforms or uh, uh, technical uh, assistance and for any uh, uh, projects uh, that need some finance that are uh, also in alignment with the strategy that we're talking about. So um, uh, not only uh, our goal is to secure uh, local energy, but also our goal is to also uh, to make sure that uh, we become uh, a trading hub, a, a global energy uh, hub in order to uh, position ourselves together with the Eastern Mediterranean to play this role uh, uh, in collaboration with uh, the neighboring countries, uh, oil and gas and uh, power. So all together, and I think that uh, we are uh, progressing towards uh, reaching this uh, position and reaching this target. And uh, I think that uh, all uh, uh, international partners and uh, countries are supporting uh, this uh, direction. Minister, you've illustrated uh, the progress you've made toward becoming this trading hub very well. And indeed, you've underscored that success in being that trading hub is not just a question of energy policy, but it's a question of the entire strategy of your country. 
on economics because that has been so fundamental in the progress that you've made and the way that you've outlined it. It also strikes me, Mr. Minister, the way that you've integrated the gas strategy and its development with the diversification of your energy strategy so that it's not just gas, but gas is a facilitator of diversification into renewable energies. Um, an impressive combination of measures that you've taken so far. Mr. Minister, thank you for laying it out for us. Thank you for joining us on Sierra Week Conversations. The Minister of Petroleum and Mineral the Mineral Resources for Egypt, Tarek Almala. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Carlos. I really enjoyed this uh, conversation and discussion. And I thank you very much for this uh, uh, invitation. And I really thank the audience. Uh, and uh, I hope that uh, I, I had uh, some uh, good uh, uh, insights about uh, the uh, the business uh, in activities uh, for oil and gas in Egypt. Uh, and uh, I wish uh, uh, everybody uh, safe time from COVID-19 and uh, uh, see you soon, hopefully. Thank you very much. Thanks again for tuning into another Sierra Week Conversation presented by IHS Market. For the complete video series and previous episodes, visit us online at sierraweek.com.